Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The gigantic government sucks. Pursuit of happiness. Radio is deluxe. Liberty and freedom will make you smile. The pursuit of happiness on your radio dial. Just as cheeseburgers and liberty fries, it's pursuit of happiness time. Taxes, it's tax season. You know that. I, I hate to be the one to bring it up. File your taxes sooner than later. Uh, or else you get penalized, you pay a fee. Pay your taxes. That is, as a guy that is constantly complaining and bitching about taxes, I, I encourage you to pay them. Because as much as it sucks to pay taxes, you know, I've famously said this so many times in the past, not paying taxes sucks even more. It really sucks when they take all your property and put you in jail. So just do it, you know. And, and if you don't like it, vote. Voting is what I would recommend. There is a headline. To, by, by the way, welcome to the second hour of Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness. A pleasure to be here with you. Biden, as uh, uh, reported today by Fox News, proposed an array of tax hikes. In his annual budget request to Congress, he's saying, you know what we ought to do? In an effort to spend more money, we ought to raise taxes. And then if we just raise taxes enough, it'll actually seem like we're spending less. Huh? Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. The president laid out the tax hikes earlier today as part of his sweeping budget blueprint. This is all part of the federal spending in the fiscal year 2024. Don't worry, guys. Next year, we're going to spend, spend, spend. But it'll look like, well, I just explained it. The proposals are unlikely to garner support in a deeply divided Congress. I can't imagine any of this will matter. We're now in a lame duck session of Congress. As much as I love when Republicans control things, sometimes you almost wonder if it's better to have a lame duck session in government. Because let's face it, we want the Republicans to win. We know what the Democrats will do if they're in charge. Turn our country into a Marxist crap factory. But... Sometimes, do you ever feel like you can't really trust the Republicans either? Yeah, I know. Mitch McConnell, right? I mean, look no further than him. So here's a closer look at some of the biggest tax hikes and the most significant changes in the plan here. Uh, The budget proposed raising the top personal income tax rate to 39.6 from 37. Uh, Biden plans uh, plan would would raise the federal capital gains tax to 39.6 from 20 percent for for households earning more than a million dollars. So, you know. Making it sound like these are just taxes on the rich. That's what he claims. Taxes on long-term capital gains generally classified as an asset that is held for more than one year currently range from zero to 20%. He's going he's gonna to raise that. The president also called for increasing the 3.8% Obamacare tax to 5%. Oh, goody, we get to pay more for our health care. Mm. Under the proposal, the wealthiest taxpayers could face a federal rate as high as 44%. Now, 
I hate to be the guy to point this out because, look, it's not my job to defend billionaires. I you know, why would I? I don't need to do that. Billionaires don't need my help. They've got lawyers and accountants and tax attorneys and what have you. But do you understand that Joe Biden and his team of cronies, they're not smarter than Jeff Bezos. They're not smarter than Elon Musk. They're not smarter than Bill Gates. Do you think any of what he's doing is actually going to affect them? Do you think they don't know how to put their money in the Cayman Islands or Panama or, you know, some some offshore bank account? No, they do know. And they're doing it already. This is what concerns me so much about this. It's talk, right? And it's going to sound good. Once again, it's uh, we've had a system that's worked well for a while, and they want to replace it with something that sounds good. I don't think this sounds very good. I don't. I don't think that Joe Biden raising taxes on the very wealthy is going to help the economy. If anything, it'll the very wealthy will move their money around or reduce how they're doing spending or find new clever write-offs that won't actually help any of us. Eric Bohm reporting today on how Biden's budget is actually going to raise taxes without addressing the federal government's spending problem. And that's really the issue here. Biden said, I want to make it clear. He said, uh, I'm going to raise some taxes. That's one promise you could count on. He will not be accused of breaking it. He's going to try at least. So at the end, annual budget proposal just unveiled today, it includes all this host of tax increases. And Biden's budget also includes quadrupling the new tax on stock buybacks. You think, considering how the stock market's doing right now, that's going to help your 401k? See, there's another thing we don't think about. Oh, we're going after the billionaires. No, you're going after middle-class people's retirement funds. They're the ones that really get hurt by this. Billionaires don't care. It's a minor inconvenience to them. They don't even notice it. Earlier this week, White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre, a very important black lesbian, told reporters that the budget will, quote, increase the Medicare tax on income above 400 percent. And that threshold is politically significant since Biden promised not to raise taxes on anybody earning less than that. But these proposals still matter because they provide the clearest glimpse into Biden's sense of the government's most critical issues. Once you cut through all the political buster, all the talking points, all the all the make the middle class not feel better about us going after the rich, making a budget is nothing more than setting priorities. So when you consider that, one of the main takeaways from Biden's budget proposal is that deficit politics might return from the dead. The White House is framing his tax proposals as an attempt to curb runaway deficits, right? and ensure the continued solvency of Medicare. But the reality is Biden's budget acknowledges that the government can't keep borrowing as recklessly as it has for the past few years. That's really what this is telling you. We have a spending problem, and we need to try to pay for the things we spend our money on. We need to, we're not even paying for things we spent our money on several years ago. That's why we have all those debt. The problem, of course, is that spending continues to outpace revenue by a wide margin. The Congressional Budget Office projects that under current law, the government will collect about 18% of GDP in tax revenue over the next 10 years. But they will spend a whopping 24%, which is a recipe for large and growing deficits that, that slow economic bro- growth and, and add to the already dangerous amount of debt that the country is carrying. Is this a solution to any problems or is once again just a thing that looks good? I'm pr- pretty sure you could figure that out on your own. 
paying for all that government isn't going to be as easy as saying, I'm going to raise some taxes. But that's exactly what the Democrats think. Pursuit of happiness radio coming out your speaker. This is Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness on KPRC 950 Houston. You know, we set our clocks forward an hour this weekend. That's the last thing the Democrats need. Making Joe Biden older, it's a horrible idea. Oh, back to school. Oh, it's a classic. Back to school. Walton and Johnson segment. Coming back right now on the show. Hang on. Hey, everyone. It's back to school time. Let's go back to school with producer Kenny. Yeah. Back when I, before I was the host of the number one rated News talk morning and mid-afternoon show in the city of Houston. Humble brag with men aged 25 to 55. I know it's very specific, but that's all I got. Uh, I used to be the producer of your favorite morning radio show, and I used to do a segment where I would go to places like Rice University, University of Houston. Most of you that have listened to talk radio in Texas for a while remember, and I would talk to the future of America, and it was disturbing what I would find. Well, since I have taken over hosting duties now for several years, I don't get to go talk to kids anymore, which is probably for the best for both of us. I don't think my wife wants me talking to young women at a college, but even still, I want to know what's going on at our universities around the Gulf Coast. And wouldn't you know it, we got a lot of listeners in the New Orleans area. So I would imagine a lot of you probably know a lot about Tulane University, a comprehensive research university in New Orleans. And as it turns out, they are hosting something you're not going to believe this, guys. It's called Genital Diverse. It is a genital diversity gallery. Now, I know what you're thinking. Kenny, aren't there only two kinds of genitals? That was in the old America, the old humans on Earth occupying this planet for the last several, I don't know, thousands of years. But for the last few months, there's been other options, and you've got to update yourself on it. <laughs> Here to help us do that is Connor Coots, one of the uh, one, one of the people that brings you College Fix, a great news outlet with a right-leaning slant, if you will. They wear their bias on their sleeve to tell us what is going on at universities around the country. Connor, what the hell is genital? What is a genital diversity gallery? That's an excellent question. So at at Tulane, um, they're having a sex week, which is something they've done, I believe, in uh, two years in the prior. And you kind of have to think about, well, Genitals and diversity are two things the left seems to be pretty obsessed with and always wanting to change the meaning of. And exactly to your point, there are only two uh, types of genitals, but uh, not to the people who are organizing this event at Tulane. And in fact, it claims that one of the programs that are, is part of this upcoming sex week is called sex ed plus models and quote is the first project to create anatomically exact tools based on human molding techniques and represents the vast <laughs> spectrum of human life <laughs> and what? they human life well human life is not it's not just male and female but but instead assigned male assigned female intersex trans and with voluntary or first surgeries. So they're claiming to want to do uh, anatomically exact molding a tool with regard to 
transgender people, and um, basically, you know, anything that is true, male and female, created them, male and female, and every kind of facet of the transgender ideology they're trying to pre uh, pressure and uh, trying to, you know, convince people that there are several different types of genitalia, you can choose your own, and also have the audacity to claim that it is uh, anatomically uh, just or correct. Wow, dude. Hey, look, folks, to those of you that are driving in your car with young children, uh, in, oh, trigger warning, I'm going to use some language here. Just want, you know, we're all adults. I mean, unless you have a kid in the car. But now you've been warned. Basically, I'm familiar with two of these. I am familiar with, because I'm a, I'm a millennial. I grew up with the movie Kindergarten Cop. So as a young man, I remember learning, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. But the world has changed now. And one of the things you get to see on Twitter, one of the least censored social media networks out there, is photos. People will post these photos of what the mutilated genitals look like after these people have had their, their, po their post-op, I think is what it's referred to. I don't actually care if fully grown adults do this. But one thing I cannot wrap my mind around is why they would want to. For one thing, you're mutilating your genitalia, right? You're you're taking the nerve endings in it and you're doing all kinds of strange Frankenstein-like experiments on it, of which we do not know what the long-term effects are. But also, I mean, look, I, I'm going to sound a little immature when I say this. The photos always look gross to me. It always looks like moldy meat you'd find in the dumpster at a, a a discount grocery store is like why is this a thing to celebrate it's so peculiar and bizarre to me there are actually people out there that want to look at this stuff for fun well it's uh it, it looks disturbing because it is it's ultimately mutilation and uh, as you touched on these things are irreversible i think most people who claim they're trans um, I think studies have shown a lot of people grow out of that. And most people, even if they don't, uh, don't opt for the bottom surgery, but, uh, or perhaps the top as well, but I, a lot still do. You know, it's particularly uh, concerning when it's children or minors, particularly because these things are irreversible. But this is the big thing to celebrate, you know, the idea that a man can be a better woman than a woman can. That's ubiquitous, not only on college campuses, but the culture. So uh, memory holding, you know, basically true uh, femininity and exactly what you said and learned uh, through kindergarten cop and just, you know, basic uh, logic. Yeah, they want to reverse all that and tell you essentially that it never happened. Yeah, part of my problem with this, like I do not care if people do this. I think if you want to, you're a fully grown adult, your body's done growing, your brain's done developing. Great. The thing that I don't get about it is why they have to evangelize it so much. Why do they go out and find the youngest people in our country and try to convince them that they're going to want this when many of them probably never even considered it? I, I guess follow the money. It's a million dollars in additional health care costs per trans individual. Is that the, the simplest explanation? Occam's razor? Yeah, and I think it's because young people, even even uh, obviously elementary and, and high school, but but also college students are, um, they're they're still sponges, you know. And if you want to form them, in believing that there are ninety two genders or that uh, you, you know male and female are only suggestions and, and assignments, then starting young would be the way to go. And they are, you know, it's it's what and it goes in. Uh, uh, very relevant to the to the other story, but basically that 
indoctrination as opposed to education is, is uh, the thing that's being uh, pushed in our schools. And so the next generation of students are going to think like this, or, or so they hope. Connor, you look really young, but you sound a lot older than you look in your photos online. Uh, I think I asked you about this before. You've been doing this for a little while, haven't you? Uh, yes, I've been at the fix about a year and a half. Okay, but so do you remember when um, Bill Clinton had the, the cigar thing happen? Are you old enough to remember that? <laughs> I'm a big politico, so yes. But you re- you remember it happening. You were you were probably a little kid then, well, I'm guessing. Well, I'm, I'm a little young for that. I was probably three or four, but I, I, I learned of it. Uh, later on, and I'm, I'm grateful I didn't know about it when I was that young. I don't mean to insult you. You look like you're 19. You sound like you're 45 or 50. Has anyone ever told you that before? <laughs> um, in different words, yeah. That, that's, that's, trust me, I didn't mean that as an insult. I Frankly, I think that no, would be a compliment. Because no, yeah. people your age do not talk the way you talk. You get that. You get. You understand that, right? Uh, fair enough. I've been, yeah, I've been told that. Yeah. Okay. How about this one on uh, university of North Texas? Another story before we let Connor go. Not a lot of people, I guess a lot of people in Texas know this university of North Texas is the most quote unquote progressive, you know, in reality leftist place in the state. It's a, it's an affluent um, uh, university for mostly for rich white kids in the Dallas Fort Worth area. You'd think it'd be Austin. You'd think it'd be university of Texas. No university of Texas is much worse. And there's something very bizarre happening there right now. I mean, there's always something really bizarre happening there, but there's a new bizarre thing, Connor. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. So we did an article um, by a student recently who, who goes there uh, to UNT and it's called teaching is a quote political act University of North Texas education class and it should be a red flag right away uh, as that term equity has <laughs> been co-opted it's used all the time and it's misleading and the class is called teaching as advocacy for equity that's what the class is called so what does it mean you know equity and equality they're not the same thing and you think well is it everyone is equal in the eyes of God not quite that's not what they mean um, in the syllabus, in, it's going to focus, quote, on structures of social and educational inequality as they relate to race, class, and gender. And obviously, you want to be careful using the term communist and Marxist, because if you use it too much, it kind of becomes meaningless. True, the, true, right. Using However, I understand in this day and age when a lot of parents and commentators and conservatives are concerned that Marxism is creeping into schools, when you use words like structures of social and educational inequality and invoke class, you know, so that's right in the syllabus. So again, education easily becomes indoctrination. And it also says in the syllabus that teaching can be uh, not only a political act, but a form of intervention. And you think, well, intervening with, you know, with students and and bad behavior and teaching them the right things and intervening if they have an academic issue, of course you intervene as a teacher. Behavior, sure, uh, or or at least uh, generally. But worldviews, intervening with that and kind of correcting the worldview, this is the direction it seems as though it's going. Um, There's another word that's very um, Orwellian almost, that they use called cultural reproduction. So I don't, it's like a you know, kind of this new enculturation, a new culture, kind of a creepy word there. And I'll just include that you would not be surprised or your listeners that Ibram Kendi and the Southern Poverty Law Center, right. which 
<clears throat> you know, as an organization that calls everything that's right of center hateful. You know, it reminded me, um, not to go on a, a tangent too much, but I, when Tucker was talking last night, Tucker Carlson, he said that the people who are misleading, the liars, are always the angry ones, the ones pointing their finger, whereas the people telling the truth are calm. And I thought, I thought of this organization, the Southern uh, Poverty Law Center, because they're always claiming, you know, people are extreme, they're hateful, they're violent, you know, and, and, and that's on the reading list. Um, we asked questions to the university of how long the course has been taught or is it possible to uh, get a degree without it. We didn't hear from them. Um, but it's also going to include, you know, race and, and sexual activism. And it, it also includes the LGBT, uh, things like that. So molding the minds of the future generation, may, um, rechanging the definitions of things that we've always known, um, reevaluating their relationship with race, sex, and gender. Um, and so, you know, there's old saying, if somebody tells you who they are, believe you, you know, and if they're saying right off the bat, no, teaching is a political act. Well, right. Very clear now. Yeah. That, well said. Counter Coots, one of the people that gives you the college fix. Check out their website, the college fix. Find my buddy Connor on Twitter. His last name is actually spelled with a C, C-O-U-T-T-S. Quick break, my friends. We'll be right back. Every year, hundreds of students enroll in mind school. Thanks, Connor. They're never heard from again, just like Kenny's first wife. Now, get buried hey. under more of Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness. My wife hates that joke. I should quit playing it. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tennessee. 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 There's a new cologne. Hey, welcome back, everybody. There's a new cologne that promises to make you smell like St. Patrick's Day. How is that possible? I didn't understand it. So I looked it up online. Apparently, it's one part Guinness, one part corned beef, and one part vomit. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. So it's just gross. Do you remember when they had, a, what was it, a Mardi Gras cologne? Or no, it was body wash, wasn't it? Nobody that's ever been to Mardi Gras wants to smell like Mardi Gras. Oh, my God. Doctor, doctor, Robert Palmer is here. No, he's not. No, we're just playing the song, Doctor, Doctor. Because I'm being told that there's a doctor on the line right now. A good friend of mine, as a matter of fact. Oh, it's Dr. Victor. Dr. Victor is not a political ideologue. He is a facts first, opinions later kind of guy. A lifelong friend of mine, uh, first generation, second generation, uh, family of Nigerian immigrants. All of them doctors, brilliant people. One of my best friends from childhood. A very cool guy, data analyst, uh, uh, DJ by night, uh, uh, world traveler. But again, he's not like some right-wing, left-wing person. He, I would put him in that same category as like an Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, your Dave Chappelle's, people that are not really on the left or the right anymore, are they? That's Victor. And Victor, it is very rare 
that liberals and Demo- that Democrats and Republicans agree on anything, on anything. The federal government, Joe Biden's administration, has repeatedly told us East Palestine is safe. We don't need FEMA. East Palestine, Ohio, after this train derailment, nothing to worry about. The water's clean. And now we're being told that some of the people in the community have to leave. They're being told not to stay in their homes anymore. Now, this didn't just happen, guys. This happened weeks ago, months at this point. Even AOC says the site of the devastating train derailment in Ohio is a potential crime scene. Republicans are making similar comments. Uh, Victor, what do you think about this? Um, I agree. That it's a crime scene? You agree? He, there it is, folks. No. Dr. Victor agrees with AOC. We'll be right back. <laughs> no. Um, no, to be fair, um, it, it's a travesty what's going on. We, we know that a lot of toxic chemicals are ferried around our country uh, via the rail system. And we don't really pay it much mind because we don't see or hear about the, you know, I think it's about a thousand train crashes per year, and only a small percentage of those will cause some sort of catastrophic event, as evidenced by this particular one and uh, by the Norfolk Southern Train Company or whomever they were. Yeah, that's but what it was, right. Now, yeah, but now we're in a situation where, yeah, you're right, both, both sides of the aisle are agreeing that this is a very, very... Uh, deleterious, very uh, impressive, very severe accident. The only thing people can't agree on is uh, who's to blame. But uh, that is another story altogether. Yeah, I mean, isn't it kind of obvious who's to blame? We spent billions of dollars on federal funding, right, on to, that, uh, for, for, for our infrastructure spending all over the country. The money did not end up going to the train rails, which was the one thing they sold it to us. But Joe Biden loves trains. He loves trains. He takes trains everywhere. He's been traveling on choo-choos ever since he first got to Washington. His The worst part about being president is you're not supposed to ride on a train, right? And back when we passed that big infrastructure bill after he was elected president, we were told this was what the money was going towards. It wasn't, right? Now, at the same time, apparently uh, the the... the, the, the the train was a few pounds away from being over the load limit and then a few miles per hour away from going too fast when it derailed and this thing happened. And, of course, uh, they, they lit the thing on fire. Chemicals come raining down on everybody. Weird-looking bubbles show up and surface in the, the creek beds all over the, the, the Palace, Palestine, the Ohio-Pennsylvania border in the general area where this happened at. And I'm just curious if you've had a chance to look at this. Do you know anything about the chemicals or the stuff that's in this water? Like what is happening to these people? What, 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 what do you, what do you expect? What do you assume? What are researchers saying could be the long-term health concerns for these people in the area? So I'm still looking at it because we've been chatting about it for a little while and it hasn't been months, Kenny. It has been a month and what, seven days or six days that I believe it happened on February 2nd or 3rd. Well, that's two months there. You've got, you know, what, first month, second month. (laughs) It's the second month of the crisis. It has not been a full 60 days, two months. Okay, let's be clear. Okay, fine. It hasn't been 60 days, but it's been more than a month. We're now in the second months. Month, hence okay. months, we, right? Yeah, we, 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 okay. I'm not. 
the reason why I have to nitpick, man, is because you're loose with your words, my friend. No, but I am not. Yeah. Cold-blooded, Victor. I think most people remember when this happened. Is that the lie? How long ago it was? We remember. No, I, I got it. Okay. It's not a lie. It's just we have to be extremely factual. And what we're seeing here right now is that it's been, you know, a month and days, a month and a week since this has happened. And initially, I do agree with you. It was initially said water safe to drink. It's all good. But there were a couple of things that I heard um, that were originally said by, I believe, like the EPA administrator or the head, the head honcho over there. And he said, we're testing for all toxins. We're testing for all toxins. And you know me, I'm all about being very particular with words. And when you say all toxins, does that mean you're testing for alcohol? Or you're testing for bug spray? Like all toxins is a big claim. They should have said that we're testing for you know, this common assay or this particular panel of toxins. But the reason I'm actually bringing this up is because there's also toxins uh, specifically that you can't really test for very easily. And those are the dreaded dioxins that um, people have been talking about recently. Yeah, okay. Uh, for those that aren't don't understand what that, I mean, obviously I know, but what does that mean for those that don't know? Would you explain? Um, basically, uh, what I believe, again, looking into this, and when I'm done, I'm probably going to throw it up online as a reel or something, and I can send you a link that you can share with your people, the people, the people that listen to this show. But essentially, what I'm saying is, you got the vinyl chloride, you've got this fairly uh, hazardous material to begin with, a hazard material that could, remember they said, could blow up, so they had to do a controlled fire in order to uh, dissipate and control the, the, the spill in and of itself. Once they did do that, there was a big, huge plume of black cloud smoke, and it's believed to be that, you know, some of the vinyl chloride and the other toxic or the other um, hazardous material that was being transported, and I think, what was it, six of the however many train cars that were there, that those might actually start to create another chemical, a bad chemical, dioxins. Dioxins are chemicals, a uh, chemical family that actually are, you know, as everybody is reporting, as, as is the case, there is no safe uh, dose of it for humans. You know, pregnant people, young people are specifically vulnerable to their effects, and it's, it's no bueno. So unfortunately, the idea is that uh, if you're exposed to dioxins, um, you could have problems with not only you, but your unborn children for, you know, a generation or two or three. Yeah, and probably erections, too. I'd be concerned about that. I kid, I kid, not funny. Hey, while we're on the topic here, another big news story yesterday with healthcare and uh, uh, public health was this testimony from our former head of the CDC, Dr. Robert Redfield, who claimed he was kept out of conversations by Dr. Anthony Fauci about the Wuhan lab leak theory, Wuhan, that, that Dr. Anthony Fauci had close personal colleagues who believed in the Wuhan lab leak theory right up until he made donations to their, that gave them uh, grant money to their nonprofits and their research projects and stuff. And, and then suddenly they all changed their mind on it. Now, Representative Jim Jordan asked an interesting question about this yesterday. But here's the question I keep coming up with. If, if it may have been a lab, may have been nature, we're supposed to look forward, then why did Dr. Fauci work so hard for just one of those theories? Why was it so important to push one over the other? 
Now, we didn't know anything early on, right? We didn't know if this thing happened because of a biological weapon from, you know, the communists. We didn't know if it happened from somebody eating bat soup. We, we didn't know if this was just a natural occurrence that happened out in, in the jungle somewhere from, you know, diseases and viruses. They happen. They mutate. Jim Jordan asked an interesting question there, Victor, and I know you're not politically motivated in any of your answers. You are just a scientist. But that's a pretty good question, isn't it? If early on we didn't know what was going on, why was it so important to shut down one of these theories? Well, you're saying that it was important to shut down the theory. I can't confirm that that's the case, but it does appear. I mean, we've, one... well, hang on, Victor. We've got internal documents from Dr. Anthony Fauci showing that he was trying to silence this stuff. We've got federal inform, uh, uh, Freedom of Information Act requests. I mean, he was. That's not my opinion. Well, it might not be your opinion, but the, the, the operative word that I disagree with is important. You know, just because he's doing something doesn't mean it's necessarily important to him. Maybe he felt that he had uh, specific or compelling evidence leaning one way or the other. But what I will say that may be that might soothe your soul <laughs> is that um, what's important for me is that all considerations be be entertained. Uh, for instance, if you're working in a hospital and you're pretty sure you know that somebody's got I don't know a urinary tract infection or something simple. Herpes. The way I see medicine, fine. Herpes is, herpes is a funny disease, Victor. Go ahead. Whatever. All you have to say is you ask yourselves two questions. What do we think it is? And what do we want to make sure it's not? There's something called a differential. You just put a, several options on the table and you investigate. It's just like uh, having several suspects instead of just pointing at the black guy and saying, oh, he did it. Uh, as it often happens. So, <laughs> Wait, hang on, there's plenty of trashy white people, uh, brown people, Asians out there as well that could be guilty. We, right, it's not right, always right, the I'm black just, guy. All right, I'm just, I'm just making a comment uh, from personal experience. But let's just go ahead and say. <laughs> Wait, hang on, are you a black guy? You don't sound black on the radio, Victor. Well, listen, man, listen, man, you outed me as a Nigerian. <laughs> I know, I, that's fair. I did. That's fair. I, you're right. I, absolutely. Go ahead. All right, so fair enough. So basically, what's, from my point of view, Redfield said something interesting, and he said that he thought that the highly infectious nature of the virus distinguished it from other coronaviruses that we're aware of, and therefore, it might have been unlikely to have evolved naturally. So as a result, he wanted to basically look into it further. I don't know all the politics and all of the you know, hush-hush kind of internal affairs that you're now spouting. But I do believe that he's on the right track when you say, hey, what do we think it is and what do we want to make sure it's not? You you talk to people in liberal circles like you you do. You're not, you know, you're, you're not some right-wing guy, nor are you really some far-left guy either. But you do talk to people in, in healthcare and medicine all the time. That's what you do, Victor. That's what you do for a living. Yeah. Will there ever sure. be a point, will there ever be a point where enough evidence would surface that people in the medical industry or the liberal media would stop looking up to Dr. Fauci like he was the savior of the pandemic? Well, I don't know about that second statement you just made, but I will say that um, I think there always can be compelling enough evidence for one to just, you know, eat their hat and say, yeah, sure, I think this is probably how it, how it occurred. Well, it's a great point. We got a break here. But at one point, the world turned on Millie Vanilli. You know, we all loved them. Victor, if people wanted to find you online or you're not selling a book or a show or anything, but if you, we love to give airtime to our guests. Is there something you'd like to promote today? Uh, not really. But how about this? Next time I come on, I will give you all a link and uh, I'll start posting uh, factual reels or Instagram stories or even tweets 
that can give everybody a little bit more uh, more to go on. Not uh, very uh, scientific based. How about that? All right, absolutely. Because the last thing we want is more science in this world. Scientists are ruining the planet. <laughs> All right, maybe not. I'm Kenny Webster. We'll be right back. This is Pursuit of Happiness Radio. This is Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness on KPRC 950 Houston. We'll be right back. Cops in Texas busted a scented candle theft ring. This is why we joined forces, said none of the arresting officers. They weren't they weren't that excited about that. Hey, I like to eat. I don't know if you've heard. I love food. I put food in my mouth all the time. There's so many restaurants to choose from, and now a couple of them have joined forces. One of my favorite restaurants and one of my favorite rock groups. You love the Hard Rock Cafe, and you love Panera Bread. Well, now they've merged. Welcome to Pantera Bread. Can I get you started with drumsticks, breadsticks? Breaded what? Do you want breadsticks? So the next time you're ready for hot soup, hearty sandwiches, and heavy metal, remember Pantera Bread. What do you want to drink? Pantera Bread! Yeah! Hey, I want to just, I, I, I got one or two more things I want to do before I leave including play at least a couple voicemails from you guys. So if you don't know, you can leave me voicemails using the iHeartRadio app. It's easy. It's not hard to do. Download the iHeartRadio app today. And while you're listening to this show or our morning show, you're going to notice something. There's a little feature in the app called the talkback feature. The talkback feature, uh, very simple. You push a button. You will use your iPhone to record a message, and then I will play it back live on the air, and, uh, well, how, how we could do that. We'll do that right this second. Let's go ahead and listen to some voicemails. Please don't swear in your voicemails. I'm live on the radio, and part of the fun is I don't know what you're going to say, so I try to give you a candid reaction. So if you swear, I have to hit the dump button, and then I, I can't play anymore. So I'm going to let Taylor have Women's Day right now, but I just want to let you know trans women do it way better. Oh, yeah, that's from uh, International Women's Day. Obviously, sorry, whale women, trans women control International Women's Day now. The patriarchy won. It's not fair. No. Hey, Kenny, this is Dennis. Hey, talking about all the book banning and crap that's going on, supposedly, I tell them I don't want Fifty Shades of Grey in the school either. Period. Heard that on a different show. Huh. See ya. Bye. Interesting. Thanks, my brother. Appreciate you, my man. Here's somebody from our morning show. Kenny, I got a Florida, a Florida man story for you. Look it up on YouTube. A shark pulls a guy two miles out into the ocean on an inflatable unicorn. Dude, you got to watch it. Huh. Later. I'll, I'll take a gander at that. Thank you for the heads up, my brother. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Sharks are doing stuff. All right, here's more voicemails. Hey, guys. I was just wondering for old Gary Robinson there from uh, Leonard Skinner why y'all didn't play the last Rebel from him. That's a great and you know, one thing I should point out is that not everybody's phone sounds good when they're doing this. I don't know what that guy's saying there. Yes. I'm going to give the definition of three words. The, the definition of three words. Everybody thinks they mean the same. They don't mean the same. It's uh, stupid, dumb, and ignorant. Stupid, dumb, and ignorant. Now, all these Democrats and woke people changing the damn definition of these words. That's stupid. That is stupid. That's because they're too stupid to know the real meaning of the words. That's the word stupid. 
no book sense, no, uh, can't read or write. Okay. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Now, dumb. That's no common sense. That's sticking your hand on a hot stove and wondering, oh, I burned myself. That's dumb. That would be dumb, Common sure. sense should have told you it's hot. Okay. Don't put your hand on it. Okay. Okay, now, ignorant. Ignorant, here we you're go. You're really screwed if you're ignorant. Screwed. Because if you're ignorant, you're the combination of both of those. Wow. You're stupid. I didn't mean to cut him off there, but I'm going to run out of time. And you wouldn't want me to leave without giving you the latest from Prince Harry and Meghan Merkel. There's a reason why I save this for the end of the show. I don't generally care about the royal family, but I love the fact that the world is turning on the royals right now, specifically Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. If there are any British people listening to this radio show right now, please take them back. America does not want them. A report today at The Examiner details how Prince Harry did, what did he do? He did therapy live on social media. He live streamed his therapy session. Yeah, because that's what a trained psychologist or psychologist or therapist or social scientist would tell you to do. Do therapy while millions of people watch. Very smart. Prince Harry and Meghan Merkel have now claimed the title of princess for their daughter, Lilibet, and prince for their son, Archie. Kind of an odd decision from a couple who made it clear, very, very clear, abundantly clear, infinitely clear, that they are not fond of the British royal family, but they want their kids to be princes and princesses. Huh. Now, at the same time, they've not accepted any invitation to attend the May coronation of King Charles III in London. Maybe the only thing I like about Prince Harry and Meghan is that they don't like the rest of the royal family, but I still don't like them. Do you know what I mean? There is stunning hypocrisy in claiming of titles for their kids and then the simultaneous disregard of all the royal traditions. Don't get me wrong. I I wouldn't want to keep up with the royal traditions either, but... The king's coronation is a a very formal foundation for the existence of princes and princesses. So if you're saying your kids aren't aren't part of the royal family, but they're prince and princesses, I guess my next question would be, how many times did you get hit on the head? Whatever, regardless, or irregardless, as some of you like to say, after, (laughs) that's not a word, after the brutal gaslighting of Harry that he gave his brother and his father in their recent autobiography, what's his... What's his autobiography called? They said the name on South Park. Wham! That's the name of the book. Pick it up today. This coronation invitation must be seen as, I mean, it's supposed to be a big gesture. It's supposed to be very heartfelt for the royals. This is not a couple who sees humility in the mirror. Their reflections are always those of the palace victims. They're not victims. You can't be a victim if you're as rich as the Kardashians and you never had to work a day in your life. These two pretend all the time their time with the royal family was one of suffocating brutality. Meghan Merkel had no idea the royal family was so racist. Did you watch Chris Rock's take on this in his new special? It's hilarious. He's like, you didn't know the royal family was racist? They invented colonialism. (laughs) They're the OG racists. Considering the uh, uh, the nature of the British upper class. It is very likely that Megan suffered from some highly uh, lamentable racism. I have no idea. I wasn't there. Maybe, maybe, but nevertheless, she and Harry are now freed from the royal cart. They're allowed to go do whatever they want, make tens of million dollars on Netflix, whatever it may be. So we're not fulfilling their lucrative deal with 
podcasting or whatever they're getting paid to do. The Prince conducts pay-per-view psychologist sessions. The couple can now pay for the large security detail they claim they need. The two have no good reason not to bury the hatchet and spend 12 hours in London. But that's not what they're doing. If you didn't enjoy Chris Rock's take on it, watch South Park's take. They apparently detest South Park making fun of them. They believe themselves entitled to public-facing riches without any of the baggage. You can't, <laughs> you can't be a victim if you're one of the world's elites, right? What are you a victim of? Perhaps Harry and Meghan will travel to London come May. Perhaps not. But one thing's for sure. They remain just as tedious as ever. And don't you wish they would just go away? Yeah, me too. Have a great afternoon, everybody. I got to get to the gym. See you at Starting Strength Houston or Starting Strength Katie. I work out at the one in the city, but they're both great. Use your favorite search engine to learn more about them. Trust me, it's a cool gym. It's not what you're expecting. I'll quit talking now. See you tomorrow.